Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Copy That. So this week, and I say this week like I, they come out all the time, and they totally don't. Uh, but uh, it's it's here we are, the end of August, moving into the fall. It's been all back to school around my neck of the woods and getting people to practices and ready for sports and a whole bunch of stuff. And so with that comes a certain amount of like chaos, but also order, which is kind of fun. Um, so today uh, we're going to be talking with Miles Matsuno. I actually did this uh, interview with him several months ago uh, when he was uh, just finished up a lot of uh, some a few projects. We talked through them all. We talked through um, his filmmaking career. We, we also talk about um, how I don't run very much um, and, <laughs> and everything in between. So put your seatbelt on. Here we go. Um, another episode of Copy That. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. I mean, I know this is elaborate, and you're thinking to yourself, where does he get the money for all of these newfangled things? It's pretty fancy. Yeah, it's very fancy. It, uh, side note, it's just a small recorder. Anyway, um, <laughs> little audience <laughs> n- note there. I don't. But know. a good recorder. A, f- a fine one. Yeah, very yeah, fine. Yeah, at least better than average. Actually, I think it is average. I don't know. I don't it's know good. anymore. Yeah. It's good. Um, well, Miles, uh, thanks for being here. You are a filmmaker. You are a avid runner, mm-hmm. uh, a, a recent homeowner, mm-hmm. and um, what a, a dog lover. I love my dog. Yeah. He's funny. He is funny. I actually, I think dogs, the bigger the, they are, the better they are. Yeah. I don't, he has not FOMO. that there's anything wrong with small dogs. I like those too. Yeah. But I just think. Big dogs are really funny. One because usually they think they're very small, mm-hmm. and then they try to sit on your lap, and it makes me laugh every time. That's yeah, and he does that every yeah. day. It's good yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Okay, so um, <laughs> for those who don't know, um, give me a little backstory on like where you're coming from. How long have you been in LA now? I grew up in LA. Okay, so there Born we go. Born and raised. Yep. Oh man, and um, and then you. Well, we'll get to your some other stuff in a in a minute, but okay. but get, give me give us a little background on uh, coming up. Why did you decide uh, to to pursue film um, here in town? I mean, one because we know it's so easy. I'm sure that's one of it. It's the easiest the thing easiest to do. Thing you know, possible. Pursue filmmaking right. in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so where are you coming from? All right. So um, you know, born and raised in Los Angeles, like I said, uh, father. He grew up, I mean, he was working in the entertainment industry, designing posters and doing stuff like that, DVD covers. Um, So it was always around me, you know, and and growing up in L.A., you see it everywhere. But I didn't feel like L.A. was Hollywood to me. You know, it's home. It wasn't like a place where I saw the Hollywood. I would never go down Hollywood Boulevard and look at the stars and do any of that stuff. Um, But I always knew that I loved telling stories, and I knew that film was a great medium for that. Um, So... In high school, never made a movie. And finally, in college, I made a movie, my first movie. But the thing about college is I went to Tennessee for college. So I did the exact opposite where I went out of the state and left Los Angeles to become a filmmaker while other people come to Los Angeles to become a filmmaker. I wanted a different perspective, right? Because stories are all about perspective. So I went out there, very small town, Cleveland, Tennessee, Lee University, that's where I went to school, and uh, started making movies, made my first movie out there, grabbed a camera because I wanted to be an editor, uh, didn't want to be a director, 
And the only way to do that was to film new content, right? Made a movie, did pretty good, and the rest was history. Came back to L.A. Wait, what, what was the name of that? Oh, gosh. A Thursday. A Thursday. Yeah. Nice. My first movie was The Search for the Holy Latin Book Part 2. Oh, nice title. Yeah, yeah it was, I, like uh, I was in ninth grade. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to see if anybody else had like a part two where they decided to start on a part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a collaborative event. I actually didn't wasn't involved with the film. I was actually more of an actor. I was every villain. Oh, you were? I literally would die in one scene, and then I'd show up again in a different costume in the next scene. Oh. There's only one copy of this Sounds movie. like General Hospital. It pretty much was. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty much that. <laughs> or, yeah, like the worst kabuki theater you've ever seen <laughs> was definitely that. Um, yeah, it was like a, I had a motorcycle helmet at one point, and then I had like a really bad wig that looked like Peter Brady, but I also wore like yellow rain boots. Hmm. And that made me a villain. Who did your wardrobe? I did. Hmm. Which was probably also part of the problem. <laughs> anyway, it was like, it was basically, I just raided a, a tub of costumes. And I was like, yeah, this will work. I have a sweatshirt on. It's great. <laughs> anyway, someday I'll digitize that. Because um, it's only on oh, VHS. Sh- oh, it's I can do it for VHS. you. Do you know? Oh, I can do it. I have I have the equipment, oh, like this fancy equipment in front of us. As fancy as this. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So Lee University, when, when is this? Early 2000s? No. No. 2009. Okay. So we've just learned that you are much younger <laughs> than I thought right now. We've just, just learned. Just now. That. Just now. Oh, wow. Uh, this is awkward. Yeah, it is. No, that's not bad. <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, so, but you've been, I mean, you, you got right into commercials Mm-hmm. You've been doing commercials. You started your own company, mm-hmm. production company. You, you've been doing commercials. You've worked with with big acts like, uh, or big uh, businesses like Spotify mm-hmm. and who else? Um, all the Fies. All the Fies. Yeah, like Shopify. No, not not Stupify? Shopify. I did do their fourteen uh, day website trial though. Oh, that's awesome! That's, how, yeah. that's great. I never built anything on it. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, I would not like to continue. Please unsubscribe um, me. Yes. Uh, Spotify um, in the works of something right now with another big company, uh, so, Lendify. So when I said five. Wow, that yeah, is a lot of fives. I mean, more than one five is kind of a lot. Yeah. A, a lot of nonprofits. Yeah. Um, I'm familiar with those. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of different right things. Right on. Yeah. Right on. And so um, the the thing that I think is, is really fun and, and what I want to talk to you about is like you've been working on this project for the last, I don't know, what is it, like five months? Yeah. We started filming in November. Yeah, November last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're just starting to, you released a second uh, piece. It's called We're the People. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit. I, I mean, I love the first two. I think they're really great like snapshots of the people you've decided to, cool. to do. Um and how how many of them are there? So far, there's about I filmed about eight people filming Great. someone next week. Great. Um, I've done six of them, seven of them. And what what's the what's the goal? What are you what are you thinking about it? So the history kind of behind this whole series was um, when I first got my first camera, which was a 70, and that was what 2010 or something like that when the whole DSLR yeah. revolution hit. Yeah. Um, I just want to film things. Like I would do things for free. I do, you know, help people out. I just not asking for anything just because I wanted to film, right? That's how you learn. Um, so a friend of mine asked to help her with um, some projects she was doing on homeless people. 
And so I went down there and helped her. And what happened was I was seeing all this stuff around and I was like, and all these stories started to hit me. And I was like, okay, well, I started thinking of stories on homeless people. And so from that's always kind of resonated with me. And I forgot what I called that title in the past, but just telling people stories, right? And so I've always thought about this concept and then maybe October of this past year. So what, how many years, nine years later, something like that. Um, no, eight years later, whatever. Um, I, uh, math isn't the strong uh, suit of this show. And I'm half Asian. So yeah, it's not, I don't think I'm allowed to say anything actually (laughs) at all. (laughs) It's all good. And so, um, my buddy, one of my best friends, Matt Redfern, who is actually helping me with this series, he does really good photography. He is partly, or he's a huge reason why I started making them in the first place. I told him the idea I wanted to make something, and he thought it was a great concept. So we're shuffling through names, and you know, I do a lot of my thinking on my on my running, uh, while I'm running. And you mentioned I was a runner, so you know, I was thinking we the people, and I started thinking. Uh, and I was like, you know, where are the people? So I came across where are the people, and that's just kind of how I settled on that. But the whole idea is a conversation. Like, you and me are having this conversation right now, right? We're just talking, not planned, really. We're just having a conversation, and you're asking me questions. That's the same thing that I want to do with this series, and they are their stories, you know? And I want – it's going to expand. I won't tell you how it's going to expand and what I want to do. Uh, maybe I'll tell you a after. second act twist. Oh, there's a lot of different oh. twists, which is cool. But they they are gorgeous, though. I mean, oh, they're thanks. really shot shot very well. Like, I mean, I've there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of series that have been done. Whether it was like the um, I am second, or it was you know, have you, mm-hmm. are you familiar with yeah, that? Yeah, uh, no. It was I like said, yeah, just the white no. chair, like in a room, and it was kind of the overhead lit, and it was fine. Okay. I mean, but it was like ten years ago. But, yeah. Um, this is really just sharp, I and mean, I can tell like. The full, I mean, you've decided to go black and white and you decided to, or is it, is it full black and white? Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's like. It's, it's the, I definitely have like a, a unique color scheme. Yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. 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 So it's, it's a unique color grade. Um, it's shot gorgeous. I can tell there's like, I mean, it's, I don't, did you, what did you shoot it on? Uh, red. Yeah. Red. Yeah. 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 So it's just big 4k. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just really sharp. It's really sharp. And I really liked, uh, Lacey's. Mm-hmm. Just because it's pretty, I mean, when people talk about, I mean, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, but anytime somebody just says, hey, this is a thing I have. Right. Which that wasn't even planned. You know? For real? Yeah. Filming Lacey and oh, talking I'd... about mental health. That oh, wasn't wow. even planned. Yeah. Like going into these, I don't know what they're going to tell me, you know, mm. because it's their story. Yeah. I'm just there to capture it. Right. And it's my job to tell their story and it's my job to tell it in an honorable way. And I always try to protect the people that I'm filming first. So, like, an example, there's this, um, I think I sent you the video clip of, yeah. you know, this guy um, who's going to be a future episode, mm-hmm. and I probably spent an hour talking to that guy, Matt, um, about something he says, and he says mm-hmm. something about the evangelical church, mm-hmm. and I won't give it away, but he says something about it, and to me, even though, like, I have my own opinions, other people have their own opinions, sure. he has his own opinion, right? and would it do, is it, is it, you know, is it my responsibility to hide that opinion mm. or 
do I tell his opinion? Because it is his opinion, it's his story. Right, because you could make propaganda by yeah, editing him. By editing him. And slanting things and right. whatever. You know, I wanted to protect him, but going through it all and just talking to Matt about it, at the end of the day, it's his story, you know? And I wouldn't want someone manipulating my story. No. You wouldn't want somebody manipulating your story, right? No, I think our, our job's to make the best version of that. Right, right. and so... I kept it in there and yeah. you know, it's his, it's his story. So if, if I'm telling these st- stories in a raw and real way, then that's what I have to do. Sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it does seem, is it, is it intentional about the, there does seem to be a, I don't know. It just feels like there's a faith undercurrent. Does that, I mean, so definitely f- so far yeah. with, with Terry, but yeah. But, uh, um, and Lacey does too. And, um, a couple others do as well, but no, it's not one of those things where it, you know, it, there's, that's not the whole, that's not like my reason why. It's interesting know. though. I it think is that's interesting. an interesting thing that that was, you put people down and they're going to talk about whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of an interesting thing that that is what poured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty wild. And uh, it's, and it's cool filming these because it's not a big crew, you know, it's intimate. Right. It's like we're having coffee talking, yeah, it's like three, what, except three there's just you? four of you. Yeah. Except oh, yeah. There's a lot of equipment in the room. Well, yeah, yeah sure. So, of course, you know, of course again, beautifully lit. So, well with Lacey's actually, it was just me and her. Oh, for real. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Now the other thing that jumps out and, and it really is, it's funny, even before when we were talking about it, um, I didn't even get to quickly, like the thing that jumped out at me the most with Lacey's was the music. Like oh, the yeah. music is just gorgeous, and you mm-hmm. because usually again with these kinds of things, it's okay. Now I've shot this thing, and I spent all my money. I mean, classic filmmaker scenario. I spent all my money on the camera and lights, mm-hmm. and getting everything to look really good, and I got my sound, and everything's sharp. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to mix and master and color grade. Yes, okay. I got to throw music in this, right. and so I'm going to pull up xyz.com, whatever, and pay for some music and it's the same music i've heard in 47 things right and it doesn't the music doesn't turn like it's supposed to because that's a really big thing and these it just seems to change and it just like i feel like Lacey's music was just like light it's just very light throughout Mm -hmm. the whole thing it's and it's gorgeous it's just absolutely gorgeous um so so tell me a little bit about that because it's it's pretty interesting okay um so Anybody that knows me as a filmmaker knows that I think music first. I film sometimes with headphones in while I'm filming. Um, So I'm always listening to music. Music, to me, music and visuals are one and the same, you know? And so the guy that made the music, his name's Chad Lawson, and he is so talented. Like, I love this guy. Um, We're good friends. And, um, you know, with Chad, we just connect. Like, it's, I edit it, and, you know, and I... (laughs) I'll sometimes I listen to his music while I'm editing and, um, you know, he, he cuts something and does, usually it's like the first minute or whatever, like how's this vibe feel? And I think only one time I was like, it's good, but doesn't really fit the vibe. But he, every time knocks it out of the park. And if I, like, if you strip Chad's music and I put something else in there, I mean, his, his stuff is just incredible. Like yeah, I mean, just, I think it really just lifts the whole thing. Yeah, it, he's it just was wild, and so he's worked on crazy stuff. Like, yeah, like lore. Like, what else? Uh, lore. He's a Steinway artist. He's 
traveling all over the I place. I was going to say, he's got like, uh, I was looking on his IMDb and it's like, he's got like nine things in the pipeline right now. Yeah. It's like, whoa. Yeah, right. yeah. So that's always, that's always good. Are you stalking Chad? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not no going to deny it. No shame in the game. I'm not going to deny it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like outside his house with a boom box or anything, but... Anyway, I'm gonna text um, Chad and tell him a guy might stand outside your house. If with you a see box. a bearded man and he's not small, <laughs> run. <laughs> just just get out of there, man. And he's holding a microphone. Yeah. Um, um, now, another thing we should talk about is like you. This last year, you was it? Has it been two years yet with making um, uh, last to go or first to go? Uh, Yes, it's. I started filming that in 2015. Finished it in 17. Oh wow! Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, so first, first to go is your s- such a close family story. Like that's yeah. what I just think is absolutely Super scary wild. To tell again, it. again. Uh, uh, once you, t- I, I don't want to spoil it. It's your story to tell. <laughs> okay. So tell me about that. Yeah. So first to go um, is based off the Japanese internment camps in my family history. On that. Uh, my great grandfather Ichiro was uh, the first Japanese prisoner taken in San Francisco because he owned this hotel, and he was a prominent figure in San Francisco. So the FBI came um, and just literally knocked down the door and just took him. And he didn't see his family for like three and a half, four years after that. That's nice. And so he was on the front page of the San Francisco Examiner, and I have that picture hanging up in, in my house now of uh, you know handcuffed FBI agents and. It was just, it's a wild, you know, it's just a wild part of our history. And I wanted to document it not so I can show the world at first. You know, I just wanted to have something to show my family. And that's the most important thing for me. But, you know, it's been fun, you know, uh, going to festivals and getting to just make that aware of people and how many people didn't even know that that existed. You know, it's crazy to me. Like, they're like, wait, we did that in America? And it's like, yeah, we did that. Like to American citizens? Yeah, to yes, America. Yeah, like definitely. that's a thing. You know, that happened. And so it's been fun to because the film isn't anti America. No. And my family still loves America. Like they're Americans, right? So the thing is about the film was my focus was to just shine light on a subject that actually happened, but in an inspiring way. And show that good can come from bad situations, mm-hmm. and I and once again the music in that was first and fore, fore, forefront. And one of my best friends, Emmanuel Davis, he scored. He. I don't think you're pulling any punches by saying. And then the FBI came, and then you know. Yeah. Then this is when my grandmother. This is where she lived, and this is what you know happened. And I just think, man, I mean, it's just such a dark mark. I it think is it's just such a dark mark on the U.S. and the. A lot of fear and a lot of fear driving people to do crazy, crazy things mm-hmm. and terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't think it gets more than about a sentence or two in most uh, uh, history books. No. Because not, it is I mean, I such didn't, a... Yeah. At my school, it was like, and we took the Japanese to internment camps. Anyway, back to Nazi Germany. It's like, yeah, it's exactly much. how it is. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, what happened? What do you mean? And you don't, you don't really catch that stuff. Yeah. I don't know about today what the history books are like today. Maybe they've changed, but who knows? I don't know because I still feel like you know people are like, "Wait, this was a thing we did." You yeah. Know, like, so what? What you've got? You've got a couple things in the hopper right now uh, coming up, um, and you've got a feature you just finished. Yeah. It it did it finish? Did you finish last fall? Final mixed master color? No, I finished like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> 
three weeks ago. And you've been working on that for like a year and a half, right? Yeah. It or is no joke making a feature film. It is not. It is I, so I hard. hear it's really easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't cost anything. No. It's pennies, you know? It, you know, it's, it is really funny to think about that in light of... So now, Robert Rodriguez does his first film, Seven Grand. Mm-hmm. Sound good? I love his book. Well, sure. But, but the whole idea of like... <laughs> okay, can I do that right now? Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Someone actually asked him that question in some interview. Yeah, he did, he did, he did, held some contest and some finance thing and he was like, I'll throw up the seven grand and you go do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but I, I think if we, we have to at least talk, I think 20 grand now based on inflation and then, which is still in the grand scheme of film, not a lot of money, uh, but that's still very hard to pull off. Oh yeah. If you're renting you know, that's that's borrowing everything. Yeah. And everybody's working for next to nothing. Yeah. I mean, it can be done, but you're also going to be the director, the producer, the editor, the everything. So, yeah. And it's going to take two years. Yeah. That's the other part. It's like, well, yeah, you can do it, but. But, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, um, so it's a wild time. It is, it's still very wild west, but not at the same time. It's, it's like corporate It is wild west. That's interesting because. It was more Wild West in 2010. Right. You know, when everyone was like, oh my gosh, this Canon 5D shoots 1080 and right. it's so crisp. Right. You know, like like crazy, that movie Like Crazy mm-hmm. got bought at Sundance and it was shot on 70s or something like that with good yeah. lenses. You yeah, can yeah. still make it look good with sure. good lenses, but yeah. Yeah, and then now we have a billion different places that you could get that content. Mm-hmm. But the, I feel like as just as much as there's a billion different places for that content, and and I don't mind the hustle at all. Yeah. But there's also the there's a billion different people who are clamoring. Yeah. And it's getting so more crowded. Well, and 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 the fun part to me about the about filmmaking just in general is that like because GoPros and seven um, Ds and and the relative camera prices come so far down. I mean, you can get. You can get a camera and an operator, I think, for like 250 bucks a day. Yeah. In some places, which is crazy. That That's is crazy. so cheap. That's so cheap. Um, with with a full camera package, it's like, yeah. I mean, that's not lenses. That's not a couple other things. It's not lights, but uh, it's still that that's wild. But there's just a lot of people clamoring around trying to, trying to, you know, pay their rent and yeah. live and tell stories and do stuff. Mm-hmm. And, it's just a lot of hustle, a lot yeah. of hustle, a lot of hustle. So, so tell me a little bit about. Um, so, tell me about. Tell us about your feature. Tell mm-hmm. me. Tell us about when it's when it's uh, coming out. What your plans are to do with it? Because this is the big thing. Like, I think a lot of people go, "Oh, I'm going to move to LA. I'm going to make that feature. I'm going to make some shorts, and then I'm going to do the feature." And so, you're actually there at the end now of, mm-hmm. of that. That a lot of those first uh, goals that people say when they come into town. Yeah. And then the fun part is, how long did this take? Like if we from the time getting out of school to right now, uh yeah, uh, like twelve years. Twelve years, right? Yeah. So an overnight success. Yeah, overnight. Right. right. <laughs> this is also the other part that cracks me up is that we were as we were talking about, you know, you can do something like this, or you you want to do that hustle and you want to get things going, and you want you know you're getting your film career together, or your music career together, or your writing career together, and it's like, well, this should work in about eighteen months, right? Yeah. Yeah, no. No. So how about a decade? And by the way, my math was off again. Yeah? It was 10 years. 10 years. Oh, there we go. 2009, 2019. That's, okay. a, that's, that's a actually an easy a pretty one. good one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, great. <laughs> um, okay, so 
So, um, so, so tell us a little bit. So, tell me a little bit about the the, the movie and what's going on with it. Yeah. So, um, Christmas in July is what it's called. Um, feature film starring Riley McClendon, Lacey Hartzell, and um, Aaron Ownby, and filmed in Tennessee. Um, it's about a grandson who throws Christmas early for his dying grandmother who has Alzheimer's. Um, and so, you know, I optioned this film back in 2013 ish, I think, uh, from a writer named Brett Cofford. And we were judging a film festival together at the time. And at the time it was like in the hands of somebody in San Diego. I don't know the whole backstory, but so, so is, there's a book. No, no, no. It was oh. just a script. Oh, just yeah, a script. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this isn't based on the first Christmas in July from the forties. It's oh, okay. like a completely different story. Um, so that fell through like what doesn't in LA. Right. right. Yeah. And so he came to me and I had just made my first big short film called Ella and it was doing pretty well. Um, and he loved the movie and he said, you know, I would love for you to make Christmas in July. I think you can do something with it. And I read the story and I was like, okay, well I read the story and I liked it. I liked what it could be, you know? And so I like, for me, what I need, I need to gravitate towards a story. I need to gravitate towards something in the script that is heartfelt, inspirational, and is meaningful, right? So those are like usually the three things that I look for. And with Christmas in July, you know, I found all those things. So pitched it to a bunch of different places in LA. No one was like gung-ho on it. They're like, oh, cute story, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know. That's not for us. Right. You hear that all the time. Not sure. a big deal. You know I mean? Yeah, it's the Hollywood yes. Yeah. No. And so... Uh, or the Hollywood no? It's a Hollywood. Yes. The Hollywood no is a yes. But yeah. But it's more of a like a go check these boxes and then come yeah. back. Yeah. They just want first right of refusal. It's yeah, yeah. Normal. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, I finally got the opportunity to make it and that was in 2017. So all the, all those years later and I made it. Great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so now it's all it's all made. It's done three weeks ago. In the can, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So, what does it look like now? Um, as you, do you go out with it? Are you mm-hmm. going to do the festival thing? Are you going to sell it? Both. What do you both? Yeah. Okay. Um, had a good conversation today actually uh, on it. Um, but yeah, it's it got invited to a ton of festivals, and so I applied to those festivals, and then at the same time, you you hold meetings for distribution, right? So, right now, since it's been three weeks, I took like two uh, two weeks off. Like, I did not want to even even like see the film anymore like right. i don't want to do anything with so how many film. times do you think you've seen it oh my gosh too many too many yeah, yeah. I, I would say 30 30 wow like i quote the movie now like oh, there you go now when i hear it i don't even have to watch it because i can see it in my head that's wow. how many times i've yeah. seen it yeah don't want to watch it anymore got it but you know it's it's all good. It's funny. That's that's exactly how every musician I've ever heard after they get done making the album <laughs> and then they tour with the album and they're like three weeks into the tour and then you're like, so how's everything going? And they're like, I'm done with this album. <laughs> and it's like, and they're it's like do you guys want to hear old stuff? Anybody? Right. How about new stuff? Yeah. And, you know, no one ever wants to hear the new stuff. They always no. want to hear what they know. Right. Well, and yeah. they want to sing along. Unless so. the new stuff is a straight banger. That's true. But yeah. That's, That's my experience. So, um, okay, so looking to take meetings, looking to sell this mm-hmm. for, I mean, theatrical, for streaming? Yeah, theatrical. Okay, great. The theatrical first and then streaming afterwards. So Sweet. That's, that's where we're at currently with this film. Great. And so, you know, it's a whole, it's a whole other thing that um, 
you kind of just go with the punches and you roll with yeah roll with it you know it's one day at a time you just don't know yeah that's the fun part yeah and also the terrifying part very terrifying but also fun but also fun yeah very fun it is it it's really funny because like we were talking earlier about uh you know if you could do something else you should do it Oh, uh, yeah. because because I know that some people hear that like what we just said and we're like yep that's the reality like yeah and I'm gonna sleep fine tonight whereas there are some people who would go how what you can't plan on anything I'm awake forever so we're the people we have uh, several more that are gonna get released and then there's gonna be some sort of plot twist mm-hmm. multiple different plot twists then um, we can see your stuff where can we see your stuff um what stuff I want to watch it. So your YouTube channel. Oh yeah. Where do, where do we see most where of my stuff's on Vimeo? And so where the people's on YouTube and Facebook. Um, I'm only having my trailer on my Vimeo page just because I want to keep that separate, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, on YouTube and on Facebook, it's where the people series and Lacey and Terry on there right now. And as every Thursday, I release them, and you know, we'll see how it goes. Sweet. Sweet. So, and I'll put notes. I'll put links in the show notes uh, for that. What about um, if I want to watch? If I want to check out, what what do we do for a website and see oh, yeah, yeah. like your work? Um, you can go to uh, www.milesmatsuno.com. Man, you're just you're just keeping them guessing. <laughs> yeah. Keeping them guessing. <laughs> My name. It. Yeah. <laughs> and great. And then I'll also uh, put a link in in there for that. But also f- and also for the uh, Christmas in July. Very exciting. Because mm. um, you've got the tra- the trailers out. Yeah, the teaser trailer. Teaser trailer. Yeah, I released it like um, I don't know a year ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. I got bored and I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna re- make a little trailer. So I did yeah. in a night, and then that's yeah. what came out. Sweet, sweet. Um, what haven't we covered that we should know? What are you What are you digging right now? Is there any kind of like weird, weird thing? I know you do. We've talked about running a little bit, but uh, that seems to be a uh, a secondary like passion not pa- yeah i don't know if it's a passion running's changed my life how so it's just it's i've you know i grew up playing sports basketball was huge in my life and golf too um but running honestly like it just pushes you mentally in a different capacity than anything i've ever done in my life and how i got into marathon running was a buddy of mine we were sitting at a bar and he was about to run the LA marathon. And I was like, I've always wanted to run the LA marathon. I hadn't been training and it was three weeks out and I signed up and I ran it. No, you did not. Yeah. Did you just die? No. Are you? Yeah. You're that guy. (laughs) You're that guy. I had a great time. I guess I'll just run a marathon. (laughs) It's fine. I mean, looking back on the pictures and what I had strapped to my body. Yeah. Meaning like, a huge fanny pack, a Snickers bar, like all this stuff that I would never eat now. But right. you know, maybe that's why I had a good time because I was just eating Snickers. Just yeah, <laughs> I hear it satisfies. Yeah. That's what I hear, um, and it must have for twenty six point two miles yeah. or whatever. Um, is that right? Twenty six two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, sometimes you you feel smart, um, but. Really, like three weeks out? Yeah, just, three weeks. I out. mean, so what did you do for training? Like that, you would just like run ten miles and be well, like, "Yeah, I think I feel okay." Yeah, I mean, I I had been running on the treadmill, you know, and I would just run four miles and just just run for whatever, you know, just for cardio purposes. But I was playing basketball a lot at the time too, and so 
I was like, well, I better try to run at least 12 miles, right? So I went outside and I ran 12 miles and I was like, okay, well, that was fine. So if I can do that and keep this up at that pace, then... You'd be thinking all right. How yeah. old were you at this time? I was 26. Oh, okay. Well, no, 20, 28. 28. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. And now I'm hooked. Bam. Well, because, you know... You, and now you've run in a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like, how, how many marathons have you done now? Well, when I found out that, you know, you have to qualify to get into certain races... Right. That's the athlete that triggered in me and was like, sure. okay, I want to qualify for the Boston Marathon. So mm-hmm. I did. And that was my goal. And now I'm just trying to get better. Got it. Got it. Wow. So you ran the Boston Marathon? Mm-hmm. Twice. Love that. Yeah, it was race. like last year, right? Mm-hmm. Was last year? Yeah, when it was like the crazy storm. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah. I just ran New York, qualified okay. for that one, and now I'm running Chicago. Wow. All right. When do they do that one? That's in October. So that'll be nice and cool. Yeah. I need a training partner. You down? I am not down. <laughs> I am not. Um, usually, I've the last time I was found running was if there's a bear attack. I think that's about it. Okay. When like, I don't know. I'm working on that. Um, anyway, uh, all right. Well, I mean, I think that's this is it's pretty wild. So we can check out your stuff. I'm going to put the links in the show notes. Miles, thanks. Uh, anything else that you've been just like checking out that's that you're, you're digging that you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. Anything, any, any cool hmm. stuff in your, your sphere? Like personally or just things that Anything. I've seen? Hmm. I really like that common hymnal thing that just. Oh yeah. I saw yeah. That. I yeah, really yeah. like that. Been, that's pretty neat. That's been it's like. a little preachy, but. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Common All right. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Moss, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, Dan. And that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. And big thanks to Miles Matsuno for talking with us about his filmmaking career. Please check out the links in the show notes. Um, He's got a lot going on, very neat uh, stuff. And really check out that Weird the People series. Um, There are several, since since our uh, interview several months ago, there have been several, uh, I don't know how many exactly, but I'd say probably, um, let's see. I don't know, seven or eight uh, videos that you can check out. And they all vary in length from, you know, uh, two minutes to five minutes, um, even ones as as long as eight minutes. Um, And they're really neat. They're really neat. So I'd encourage you to check them out. Um, The last bit of news is you are the first to hear it, that uh, back in 2012, I wrote a book called The Nonprofit Narrative. Um, It did phenomenally better than I ever thought it would. And... um, uh, so I've actually got an update that's happening to the book. Um, some of the things that I talked about in the book, um, I've changed my approach a little bit. So I wanted to update the book so the people who bought the book can also check it out. So if you've bought it digitally, you're going to get a quick update on it. And if you haven't bought it, this is a great time to get it. And I've also created some additional bonus materials that are going to be available on my website. I have also uh, about five interviews that I'm actually going to play here, um, on the podcast for the next several weeks. Um, with people who checked out my book and they and it's kind of the story of what they did with it and I think it's really neat it's I, I feel very inspired by it and it's weird because someone took something that I made and then went and did something and it's been phenomenally inspiring to me 
uh, as well. And so it's kind of uh, a wild thing. But you're the first to hear. Um, I haven't actually talked about it anywhere else. And I probably won't until it's actually out. So that'll be next week, the first week of September. That will be out. And um, yeah, check it out. If you haven't, um, that's okay too. Um, maybe, maybe go check it out. But that is it. Um, thank you so much for listening. And my name's Dan Portnoy. Have a great one and be safe. <laughs>